before we get started with today's program, um, we learned that we unfortunately lost the Ugandan giant Kamala on this past Sunday. Um, he drew a lot of money in the 80s working Hogan on house shows. A lot of it gets kind of forgotten because it was right before the lead up to the Andre match at WrestleMania 3. Um, he worked in Mid-South. He wrestled Andre the Giant at the Superdome. He body slammed Andre the Giant. Kind of like one of the, the unsung stars of the 80s. because it, I mean, legendary character, too. Yeah. You know, just one of the best. Ever, everyone everyone knows the belly slap. Everyone knows the belly slap. And just he had Kim Shi and Harvey Whippleman. And other than other than that atrocious run in the early nineties, with the doctor style slick, I think I think that he is maybe although the vignette of Kamala learning Mr. Foreign Heel, the the, the the vignette of Kamala learning how to bowl is top tier, <laughs> top tier, top tier. Also style. a top recording artist, push it. Listen, just go, just Google Kamala, push it. You're and welcome. Yeah, your your life will be changed. Forever. You're welcome. And you know what? It's kind of hard for us to speak of him because he wasn't really around all that much. Yeah, like the, like the Kamala, wrestled. the Kamala we remember is getting whipped cream eaten off him at the fucking diva search, and they brought him back for that. And, and the gimmick battle royal and gimmick battle royal is awesome. I don't know like, anyone. No, that's I love that match. Battle royal. I love that match. Big fan. Uh, but you know, one of the you're right. One of the unsung heroes of that kind of that era. You know, the Hill Hogan needed really good heels to face. So and when and. Kamala definitely's in there. And that's why Hogan called him back in 95 and got him a spot in the Dungeon of Doom. Um, yeah, just legendary big man in, in the industry. Um, I know he had some rough times leading up to his passing. I hope he's he's at peace now, at least. He's no longer suffering. Yeah. I mean, you know what? He was a young man. He was 70. But God bless you and rest in peace. Yeah, so... The show is dedicated to the memory of Kamala. So let's make the Ugandan, the Ugandan giant proud and push it. And pull it. Ram it, jam it, slam it. Let's get to the show. in this match if it's a war you can say whatever you want i thought i was a cult i didn't know what was going on the fed did i think new york did one of your executive vice presidents loves that company it's the first ever finishing move that's exclusive to a promotion Welcome to a, another week of Champions Advantage. We got a fun show lined up for you this week. This one's all Tony. He had a wonderful idea, and we're going to roll with it. Yeah, um, I kind of stole it from Reddit, put my own spin on it. I'll explain the whole concept later. But basically, we're making our own SummerSlam. I don't want to say dream card. I, For lack of a better term, our own SummerSlam dream card. We're booking a SummerSlam with every SummerSlam match ever. We're make, Yeah, we're making but a... But there are rules. We're making a SummerSlam casserole. Out of SummerSlam ingredients. Yes. A seven-layer SummerSlam cake, if you want to... If you want to go. I was going to go dip, but yeah, cake, cake Cake works. or dip. I almost went dip, but... Uh, but yeah, but I'll explain, like, the, the rules and what we got to do when we got to there. But we got some news to talk about. Some contracts were signed in the WWE. Um, we're going to talk some Brandy Rhodes, some AEW. 
and the intergender wrestling debate has raged back on. You know, because that was just so fucking fun to have. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about all of that. Of course, like always, we will go over AEW and NXT from this past Wednesday. Uh, we'll give our take on the McAfee angle. We'll give our take on the great debate and Eric Bischoff's return to TNT for the first time in twenty years. Um, I'm interested to see what you think, what you thought of the Moxley and Allen match. So uh, yeah, you got a lot to look forward to. Uh, so let's get it started right after a word from our sponsors. So, what do we have kicking off the news well, this fine week? Brandy Rose had a hell of a week. Yeah, so, um, if you don't know the whole AEW heels situation, basically the deal was, so, Brandy created this platform, AEW Heels, for female wrestling fans to have a voice, interact with other female wrestling fans, and um, the cost is 50 bucks for the year, and... People are voicing concerns on two fronts. Some fans don't feel that they've given the women's division the full attention it needs, and others feel like Brandy is trying to charge women $50 to have a voice. And she got a lot of criticism thrown her way through over the weekend on Twitter to the point where she deactivated her Twitter. So what do you think of the situation? What do you think about how Brandy's handled herself? You know what? How would you do a different? She's young. She's young. You know, I give her a break, but she really wants to be Stephanie McMahon. Is that is that fair to say? Who wouldn't? I I know. I mean, but she doesn't. She really she really wants to be Stephanie McMahon, and then she's dug herself a little hole here. You can't talk as much. I'm not going to say shit, but about how women are going to have an equal voice in your show, make their own platform, make you pay to see them, run a tournament on YouTube, and have them wrestle for a fucking minute on your show. Well, see, I I I can't. This week's show is that's gonna, not on Brandy. This week, well, this week's but, show is going to be the real test. Because that last week's show where the women got 60 seconds and it was kind of a joke match with, uh, with Rebel and Big Swole, that was taped before this whole like outrage really started. So I don't think it's fair to like, we'll see what they do this week. Yeah, yeah I guess you're right. I guess like, you're right. It was already taped. It was already in the can. At that point, there's nothing they could do yeah, about it. it was, they just had to put it out there. But I have to say, if Kenny Omega is booking the thing, he's done terribly. Terribly since this whole since the promotion started, and I think it's pretty objective. I don't think there's one person, even the hardest of AEW. I hate this word, but stands. I hate that word too. You know, but you know what I mean. No, yeah, no, I got you. They have problems with it too. It's just an awful division. (laughs) And I thought I think Britt Baker has done some amazing stuff. I think Sheeta is incredible, but just there's something missing, and I don't know what it is, but. They have to work on it. Maybe half the talent that's stuck overseas. That's that's missing. Yeah, that helps. That doesn't help either. But they got to figure it out quick. And Brandy, I feel bad that she caught all the criticism. But if you're going to be the chief brand officer, your head PR guy, the criticism is you're solely there to get the criticism directed at you. Yeah, like I, I, from all accounts, Brandy seems like a very nice human being. Like I have no doubts she's a nice person. But like. The way, like, she's clapping back at fans and stuff, like, that's not a good look for a company, no. you know what I mean? Especially, like, if she's supposed to, she's the head PR agent. That's not what you're supposed to do. Unless, unless they taught me wrong for four years. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of, like, my biggest gripe with the way that this whole company, like, Kenny Omega claps back at fans. The Young Bucks would clap back at fans. Not so much Cody. Cody's usually, Cody usually, like, diffuses shit. They're children. Um... It's, they're children who never had actual power, and when, yeah, they, I just, when they get criticism, they don't I like just it. Think they've been told they've been so fucking great. Kenny Omega has been told he's been so fucking great for the last five years. But he's he's had his fair share of detractors too. He has. So he's he's had it from he's had it coming at him from both ends. 
I just think... But you can't avoid it when you're in their position. You can avoid it as a wrestler. Yeah. When you're, an, when you're an executive vice president, you can't avoid it. Yeah, like, you have to be expecting that. And, like, the more successful they get, the more criticism they're going to get. Look at WWE. They're a That's... multi-billion dollar company. Nobody, no company on earth gets criticized more than them. Well, I wouldn't... Maybe no, Amazon and... No wrestling company, but I, I wouldn't say there's... Maybe Amazon and Huawei, but... Amazon definitely gets criticized yeah, more than WWE. You get my point. Bezos can't fucking take a breath without people bitching at him. Yeah. He gave give a billion dollars to charity. People are pissed he didn't give more. I know. Which, like... Which I get because he's worth $170 billion. But also, he still donated he's, a fucking he's still million, a billion a dollars. dollars yeah. That's, like... Yeah. That's a whole People are never happy in their experience in the executive side of this now. And it could only help them. If they do it right. Yeah. You know like, what I'm saying? They're, they were going to get criticism eventually, and he, you know, here it is. It's reared his head, and uh, they can move on for it. Yeah. I wish them the best. As much as I, like, enjoy not liking them, I enjoy I enjoy poking fun at, at those guys, but I this is an executive thing you don't know until you run into, and this is their bridge. And, like, well, people, people, people talk about, well, it five years ago, WWE were still calling their women divas, and they had a belt that was shaped like a butterfly and a vagina. And you know what? That's fair. But also, WWE weren't the people who put on an elaborate press conference saying that women would be treat- treated equal to men. I, I think that's the part that like a lot of people yeah, it's, don't it's, it's understand. They're, they, Whether it's intentionally hypocritical or not, yeah, I don't, it's hypocritical. And, and by all means, I don't think they're intentionally not no. following up on that. No. But when you make all these grandiose promises and you have this press conference with Pyro and you're talking about the women may, being on an equal playing field to the men... And then, you know, you give them 60 seconds on Dynamite and you hide their, you, you hide their tournament on YouTube, which I don't necessarily think. It, it, it's a bad, it, I think it's a good thing, but it just, it's a bad time for it to start. I think the, the bigger issue people have is like with all the video packages and, and stuff, it, they made it seem like it was going to be on Dynamite. And then yeah, it was kind of like, oh, by the way, Monday on YouTube, here you go. Like I have no, I don't know. I, it's just, it's just, and it, it's, it's, it's criticism rearing its ugly head on these people and they got to just get past it. Yeah. Like, but I, like the, the right way to handle it isn't Brandy no, like clapping, clapping back. back. Put out a statement for God's sakes. But no, I just, agree 100%. Just don't reply. Like, I don't know if Stephanie McMahon really uses her Twitter account, but if you just like go click on any of her. I would bet you would. If. Probably. I, I mean, I, I know there's zero chance Vince does. I mean, she was the PR, head of PR for the company forever. So she's got to have a Twitter account for that. She probably has a WWE Twitter account, too. But, like, I'm sh- some of the shit that gets said to her in her comments... Yeah, it's ridiculous. And she's never once felt the need to reply. She is honestly one of the most professional people out there. Well, I think uh, China might disagree, but... Is she here to disagree? Wow. Honestly. Wow. But that's it. If there's nobody else, it's only China. She's fucking dead, so it doesn't... Well, I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel that her and her husband used their influence to... Yeah, that's a whole different... Ask, ask Shane how he feels. Yeah, now you, that, you know what? That's true. As a whole, that's a whole different podcast like, I'm, episode. Like, Stephanie's a good businesswoman, but I don't think she's as revered as you're making it she's seem. She's father. And that's why she's next yeah. in line. Yep, she's her father, and I think Vince knows that. I think Shane got, so knows that's why he got out. But... I don't know. Brandy Rhodes, you'll be fine. Don't clap back at Twitter fans. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Up next, you want to talk about intergender wrestling a little bit. Yeah, I don't know how this debate got going again, but it seems like every few months this like debate comes and goes. Um, 
What are your thoughts on intergender no. wrestling? Move on. Next question. See, I think that's a little unfair. I, I don't know. It depends. I don't think there's enough people that would do it right to do it, if that makes any sense. See, like, I, I like a, I'm like a GCW or a Beyond mm. Wrestling or, like, intergender wrestling. Like, inherently, I have no issues with intergender no, wrestling. No, I don't either. I understand why, why companies with big television deals would be hesitant. Yes. But also, the separation between the athletes in non-indies or much more. You what know what I'm saying? Mean? No, I if, don't know what if you're wrestling, saying at all. If wrestling is going to be quote-unquote believable, the guys in the WWE are gigantic. Who and what, well, what, who brought WWE into this? We're just talking any gender No, 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 I know. Well, let me get there. Uh, you'll never see it on WWE television because I'm a tell, but... Uh, but like I say... I don't know. We've... we've I mean, Becky Lynch, James, James, James Ellsworth. Um, she got hit with the end of days. Nia Jax was in the Men's Royal Rumble. Yeah. But uh, I, I just, it's fucking Alexa Bliss just got attacked by the Fiend two weeks ago. It's, it's bizarre. It's a, it's, it's, it's just a debate not worth having. I support it if it's done correctly, but like if if someone out there, like not this would happen. But so like, what's your just out of curiosity, what's your definition of done correctly? But it's, you just can't go out. A woman can't go out there with the world heavyweight champion and just toss him around. Why not? Tessa Blanchard did. Yeah, you know what? That's very true too. And I'm not saying anything. As in, I just don't think it's the direction a lot of companies want to go. If that makes any sense, I don't. I wouldn't mind it. I I don't mind it. It's just I don't like this debate because you're never going to see it fruit come to fruition. You know what I'm saying? Well, it depends at what level. I mean, I'm. You probably never. You'll probably never see a female WWE champion. No. But saying I don't think it'll come to fruition. I could see one day down the line there being a female AEW champion. Oh, absolutely. So like, I don't... I don't like, just right now, I don't think so. I'm not against it in any way. Wrestling's wrestling to me. But... I just think the big problem that, like, WWE, and probably to a lesser extent AEW has, is, yes, we all know what wrestling is, but some of these TV network executives might not get it, and they might see yeah. perceived man-on-woman violence, violence yeah. which, also, that's, which I don't agree that that's what that is. PG. Is, could, could the ratings Could the ratings allow that? Even you know what the I'm ratings, saying? Ratings. I don't think the ratings get much worse. So no, not the ratings, not those ratings. I mean oh. the rating, the restrictions for rated being rated PG. Well, because that's something nobody talks about. Well, there were fucking strippers on the screen when I literally said PG in the top fucking. The left FCC corner. has the weirdest rules you'll ever see in your life. Yeah, but the rules are also different. Late night, which yeah. Raw is. Okay. SmackDown would probably have more trouble because it's on broadcast it's on network, TV. Yeah. But but Raw at from at 10 p.m. on cable could get away. With pretty much whatever they want. Like they've cursed on Raw. There's been, you know, like yeah. late late night cable rules are a lot different than like daytime cable yeah, I rules. I just don't know the rules. I'm not against intergender wrestling. What brought this up, by the way? Uh dude, I think Kylie Ray had an intergender match in, in GCW. Oh. And she, Oh, I know what happened. She was she tweeted about it and people got under including Lance Storm, who said it should never happen, which is not the take I expected from Lance Storm. <laughs> but basically, yeah, like just the whole debate got started on, like, you know, it, should there be, should intergender wrestling be a thing? What is pro wrestling? Should anyone be allowed to express their art against anyone? And it was just, you know, the typical intergender wrestling the, the, debate. Yeah, the, the typical uh, comments. Lance Storm's argument was was basically... It's not needed. Look at look at what the women in WWE have done. They've made event WrestleMania. They've 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 signed million dollar contracts all without having to wrestle men. But then Kylie Ray was basically saying like that's not what 
I, like some of my dream matches are against men. You're telling me I can't have my dream match just because I'm a different gender. It's just something you don't want to touch. Not women gender wrestling. The, the debate because it could be it could be taken in so many ways. But I also understand the women who like when people are like, oh, it's domestic violence. Like that's kind of just victimizing women. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, like you, yeah, no. It's it's, it's you, you're, you're gonna get it. You're gonna get it from one side of the debate, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, but this I is, just it's just kind of one of those things that nobody's ever gonna 100 percent agree on. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think we'll ever see it on a major network anytime soon. Would you like to see more intergender wrestling in WWE? Hmm. No. I don't think so. Okay. Because the way they book things, it would just be all intergender all the time. Right? After one, there'd be a million. That's probably true, actually. And I'm not yeah. saying it's a bad thing, but I think that should be saved for more of a special occasion. If if the right program was there, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see it. That's what I mean, the right situation. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think for shits and giggles it should happen. You know what I'm saying? If the right program, if Charlotte, like, say, wants to wrestle somebody, uh, I don't know who names somebody. I don't care. Andrade. Yeah, if Charlotte wants to wrestle Andrade. I mean, I'm sure they wrestle every night. Yeah, they, they do wrestle a, a lot. Uh, but who but, do I want to see Charlotte wrestle? That's a good question. Like, I'd love to see Charlotte wrestle AJ Styles. That'd probably be good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, like, that'd probably be good. I just think there'd be a lot of throwaway, no nothing, throwaway matches. And I think if so you I, fight so hard to get there, it's just to have it on throwaway matches and three segments on Raw, I don't think that's the goal for it. So basically, you're saying, like, you just, you just don't want, you just don't want to see, um, let me, let me try to think of an example that, that, you don't want to see. I don't want to. You see, don't want to see Bianca Belair wrestle Mojo Rawley on main event. Yes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. I it's nothing against women, but I support them 100. percent I think the the women are the best wrestlers in WWE, but I just I just I think it would become very throwaway, which the fight would be for nothing if it did. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. I guess I guess in closing, my stance is kind of I am all for intergender wrestling, but. I also understand why the biggest company in the world is hesitant. Yes. I, I think that's exactly. kind of my stance. Exactly. Exactly. That's, 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 about as, that's about as close to a blanket statement. Not blanket statement. Easy statement as there is. You know what I'm saying? You understand yeah. it, but you understand why. I, you understand both sides. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, what's next? Uh, a couple WWE superstars signed some deals. Yes. So Rey Mysterio... Um, it's not known if the pen is the paper yet, but he has agreed to a new deal with World Wrestling Entertainment. The interesting, the interesting thing about this is AEW actually did match his money per match, but the overall contract from WWE was for more money because it was for more dates because AEW only runs once a week. Yeah. WWE obviously it, runs a lot more. I think there'd be something else involved in that too. Well, that's what I was about to say. Um, reports from Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer stated that the key factor was Dominic's future. So what do you think of Ray's decision? And what do you think of the WWE kind of leveraging his son in contract negotiations? I just don't, I don't think he would, they would leverage his son. I don't think they told him like, Dominic's got nothing here if you don't sign. I don't know, dude. But I think, I think it's the right place for him to retire. Nice, cause he's not going to get hurt. You know what I'm saying? Not God well, he already lost him. an eye. Yeah. He lost an eye and got thrown off a roof. What are you talking about? But, He's going to work a safer style there. 
than what would be asked or required from an AEW. He's 42 years old. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. They're not making Matt Hardy do fucking all this batshit crazy. Although Matt Hardy did just get his fucking head split open. <laughs> but, like, they're not making Matt Hardy do all this crazy shit. And they work a lot less dates. Yeah. So that's my counter-argument to that. Yeah, but if he, if he still wants to wrestle, let him wrestle. I mean, I think it's the right place for him to retire. He had his best run there. You know, it's just, it's a story. It's like, yeah, Judge had to retire and then fed. But I just think that it's good. It's fine. I'm glad to see him. Ray's still fucking good. He's still as good as he was 10, 10 years ago. He's probably better than he was yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah, he's... He's as good as he was 20 years ago. He's probably better than he was 10 years ago. Yeah. He just... Because he... When, when, and there's a story there for him and Dominic to do something. Yeah. So, I, I think it's... And they're obviously showing a lot of faith in Dominic, giving him the SummerSlam match against Rollins. He's worked with Lesnar, so they have they have something for him. Um, what do you think of uh, AEW willing to put up the cash and offering? I, they're ready to play. And what do you think of him entertaining it? They're ready to play. I mean, I think they've been ready to play. Yeah. But they're, they're fully in the game now. Yeah, so that's Rey Mysterio. I tend to agree. I think I think him and his son will have a... I think them retiring together would, would is only right. I do think that... And I know this is like... The hipster thing to say, but I would love to see if Dominic got trained by the New Japan Dojo because the New Japan Dojo, they're their products they put out are unreal. They are. And like name name a good wrestler that WWE has produced from scratch, and not like Kurt Angle. I'm talking in the past five six years. Hmm. I mean, you could argue they made Bronze a star, but he's is he a great worker? Not really. Right. He's not a great worker either. He's a he's a he's a great character. He's a but. But I guess I mean also how many PCs years are there still now? What do you mean? Like how many years are they are they with that crew with that PC? Twenty thirteen, so is that seven years? Ronda Rousey. That's not fair. Okay. Charlotte Flair. I'll give you Charlotte. Sasha Banks. Sasha wrestled Indies for years. Oh, you're right, she years. did Mercedes Martinez. No, no, no. She Mercedes. was she was Mercedes, but not Mercedes. that Mercedes. Not that Mercedes. Mercedes oh, K V. We'll get there later. But uh no, Bailey worked Indies. Bliss, it was not great, but like I'm not shitting on the PC, but like they're no, you're right, yeah, they're like all... think about some of the homegrown guys. Mojo, he's not a yeah. really great worker. Um, no, you're right. They don't Tyson was was hard dungeon. Yeah, they don't put out a lot of great no, workers. But they, but I think they, they, they train people to work the WWE they, style. They build upon already great, or they build upon already understood. They instead of training people from scratch, they build upon things. They build upon. Already buildings. I don't know how to say it. I don't know what you're trying to say either. They build upon superstars that already have some training. If that makes any sense. I just think it's hysterical when people are like, oh, the PC trained Adam Cole. Fuck out of here. No, I mean, he's probably learning much more there, but... I'm sure he is, but I'm not giving them credit. I'm not giving them credit for the wrestler Adam Cole is. Absolutely not, no. You're like, hey, the PC trained Kushida. Did you know that? I I knew that. Yeah. Uh, Walter, too. Yeah. But, uh... I think that no, yeah, you're right. I can't, I can't think of. There's no been no, and like it's not an argument for me. It's just that Dojo Dominic would be cool. Dojo Dominic would be unreal. Yeah, he's big, real fucking big. Yeah, he's the perfect body type. He seems like he's an athletic kid. I mean, if obviously, you're, if you're, obviously, if you're his son. He's not that. Obviously, athletic. it's in the blood. Yeah, and he loves it. So I, I wish. And the PC friend. trained his dad. Yeah. Walter, Walter's a PC original. Yeah, he is. PC trained his father. Yes, he did. Walter is a PC original. Well, did you know Walter debuted in 2019? He never wrestled before that? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. 
all these people. He won the UK championship in his first ever wrestling match. It's impressive, if you ask me. Very impressive. Pete Dunn was the champion for like 950 days. And Walter, the they first... They trained him too. The first time... They just popping out legends everywhere. Trent Seven? Yeah. Bobby Fish? They they took like a 40-year-old Bobby Fish and made him one of the best tag team wrestlers in the world. <laughs> How can... Can you believe that? Well, but, but anyway... We'll get carried away and have too yeah. much fun with that. So let's yeah, not... So let's not go there. Uh, the other one is Montel Vontavious Porter. Yeah, so MVP um, MVP returned at the Royal Rumble. It was supposed to be a one-off. He was immediately offered a role as a producer, which he accepted. And uh, But then once the pandemic hit and they decided to fire a bunch of people for reasons, um, they asked MVP if he would like to be a full-time on-air talent, and he obliged. But he had been working without a contract this entire time. And Saturday night, he revealed on his Instagram that he had signed a multi-year agreement with World Wrestling Entertainment. So MVP has been one of the MVPs of 2020. His current run is really fucking good. And he's now under full-time contract, so what do you make of it? Good for him. You know what? I was never really interested in the last run, but I really wasn't looking at this for the same things I am now. If that makes any sense. Well, well, the end of the last run, he was just he just wanted out of there. Yeah, he was burnt out. But you know, I really I, I couldn't understand like how good he was last run because that yeah. you can't pick up on those things when you're a kid. You know what I'm saying? Not that I can now, but I understand a little more about wrestling than I did then. You know what I mean? if that makes any sense? Yeah. But he's been really good. He's made me interested in Bobby Lashley and Shelton. And I never never was interested in Bobby Lashley or Shelton Benjamin, and now I am. So uh, I wouldn't say never for Shelton. I the only time for Shelton was Team Angle. That was it for me. Really? So like his 2005 like intercontinental nothing for me. Really, the match against Sean, nothing. Nothing. Really, absolutely nothing. Wow, why? And, and he's really—I don't know. Just out of curiosity, why? He just never did anything. The for gold me. didn't like the gold standard run with the blonde hair. No, I wow. really like it. He just—he never has. And it's, I know it's me because I know how fucking good he is. Like seeing him wrestle now, he can still fucking go. And I watched a match with him in 2000. And he was really good, but even back then, he never did anything for me. But Bobby Lashley, I always found boring. Yeah, but I think I think that's I think that's uh, that's more out there than that's kind of yeah. yeah. People tend to have that opinion about Bob, yeah, but yeah, I, I think he's great. I think his whole run has been great. He's been great with MVP. Um, but good for him. Looking forward to seeing him around, especially which takes us into our next topic is our Raw Underground. We're officially two weeks in, but we only were recording before we get the second week. Yeah, so so we are recording before week two of Raw Underground. Last week we recorded as week one of Raw Underground was going on, so you kind of get to see our initial reactions but now that we've uh seen the entire first week of raw underground and we had a week to let it sink in do you want to do you want to give your overall thoughts on on what you've seen so far i love it yeah i absolutely love it i laughed at it at first i laughed at it at first and then i began to see oh they got something here i tell you what that's got some serious potential absolutely serious potential especially with the hurt business in charge i think it's got some it's got a great idea like uh, Baba Kinde was just kicking some ass. Daba Kato. Daba Put some Kato. respect on his name. What was his name before? Baba Tunde. Baba Tunde. Yes. And then now Daba Kato, he's kicking some serious ass. Where's Daba Kato? And you know what? I, I was I was laughing. I was like laughing at it. And then I saw Eric in there. I'm like, oh, they got something. And you know what I'm saying? Like they could bring Star. Dolph. Dolph's a, Dolph's a, yeah, like, the Zigman showed up. Dolph's he's, a legendary amateur wrestler. He's the, he all-time, would, he's the all-time wins leader at Kent State University. He would he be school. there. He would be there. Yeah, real shooter Nick Nemeth. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, the matches are, you're not going to get a five-star match, but who wants, like, it's half blood sport. So, like, you, I, it's okay. I think this, there's a lot of potential for a good story to be told there. 
So, like, what what would you, like, how would you utilize it? What would be your, would you want to get some more underutilized guys' TV time? Would you like, yes. a, would you like a raw underground championship? What, what would you do with it? I'm not sure if I'll get a title, but I, right now, payback has to be the raw underground pay-per-view. Like, the whole thing in Ryan? Yes. I think they'd kill, see, like, it's WWE, though. I think they'd kill it. At least some of it. Like, it has to be centered around it. Why would it be centered a week after SummerSlam? That's that's, you a, know, that's a fucking million-dollar question. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, th- I think that would be more But also, like, Raw Underground, the idea was literally born last week, and Payback yeah. was on the schedule before then, so I don't know. But, hey, plans change, pal. Who knows what's yeah. going to happen? I just think, I, I think I like it a lot. I'm, I'm very... I'm very interested to see where it goes. So I was the same way. We were obviously sitting here watching it together. And, like, the first couple times I was laughing at it. I'm like, this is fucking, this reeks of desperation at its finest. And I'm fucking here for it. But then, like you said, the end when when Lashley, fucking uh, MVP, and Shelton came and took it over and just beat the fuck out of everybody. I'm like, okay, this has some potential now in, in these guys' hands. And I'd like to see them run it like a fucking like underground betting club. And, like, I would like to see them run it like the Bada Bing. The fucking mafia. The Sopranos. Yeah, the yeah. fucking mafia. Um, I think I think that. Could oh, they, be... they were dressed very dapperly. Yeah, dude, they were they were they were ready. They looked like they were ready to fucking go to the strip the club. Town. Yeah. But yeah, I love it. I'm not gonna lie, I love it. Week one, I love it. I hope they continue it. I hope they don't fuck it up. I really hope they don't fuck it up. I don't have much faith, honestly. I don't either, but I just I really hope they don't fuck it up. Also, Shane was cracking me the fuck up in his. Shane's role. incredible. I love Shane. I, I I think this is like his legit idea because he seemed very into it. Well, he didn't even want to buy the UFC. He did. So yeah. that that would be his idea. Yeah. But, but go ahead. I the thing the camera cuts got to stop. Yes. Um, yes, they do. Sean Ross Sapp, God bless his heart, he went back and he timed it. The uh he timed the I think it was either Eric's or Dabakato's. One of the matches was 21 seconds bell to bell. There was 39 camera cuts in 21 seconds. Yeah, that's got that's got How is that even fucking possible? That's like multiple camera cuts per second. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. That's unacceptable. Like Kevin Dunn, you have sold millions off in stock. You are set for life. Why can't you just fucking retire? Yeah. Like come on. And Triple H isn't a big fan of his, is he? Who can be besides yeah. Vince? He has to he has to have like yeah, you know the lockbox that Shane has? I think Kevin Dunn's really the one that has it. Because <laughs> how does this guy still have a His fucking His dad changed all the tapes for the one time. I know, I know. But, like, come on, dude. That yeah. was so long ago. It was ridiculous. The camera cuts almost, they make it unwatchable. Like, I was literally sitting there, I'm like, I'm having a fucking seizure watching this shit. Mm-hmm. But I like the concepts um, with the Hurt Business in charge. I think it has some legs. Um, depending on what they what they do with it and how quickly they give up on it, it could be like the third hour of Raw last year where like they they gave it that gritty feel for like two weeks, then, week. then dropped it and it never came back again. Or the the electric chair segment where Sami Zayn dropped AEW and was like that segment was never seen again. So we'll see if it's just one of those ideas. It's a flash in the pan. I mean that along with lying about the debut of a new faction got them. Couple, couple hundred thousand viewers. They were up like two hundred thousand from the previous week. SmackDown had a good night. Eh, one point nine on Fox. I wouldn't say it's a good night. They should be doing two and a half easily. More should be doing more than two and a half. But they were Fox won it. Fox won it like three a week. Yeah, and they're not four, getting close. They're not getting close to that. We'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll see what goes on with the uh, with the Raw Underground, the Hurt Business. So when we come back, we will talk AEW and NXT from this past week. So stay tuned. It's going to be fun. 
It's time for the war report. As always, we will start with All Elite Wrestling's Dynamite from August 5th. So let us get started. The show comes on the air with both teams already in the ring. 12-man tag team match. The Elite and FTR taking on the Dark Order. Um, like I said, no entrances. Uh, the show comes up. Everyone's in the ring. The bell rings. So uh, Elite and FTR... They get they get into uh, they get in control early, but Brody cuts him off with a super kick to Omega, and they get the heat on him for a little bit. Uh, Dax gets tagged in, and the babyfaces take control again. Dax is really fucking good. If you were, if you want to see anything, oh yeah, Dax is great. Um, although, hope I'm I think he's shoot hurt, but not shoot hurt as bad as they made it seem. He shoot hurt. Like I think it was a storyline, but I think he's also hurt. Either or he's working Twitter because he posted a picture on Twitter of like his leg and like one of those like air gimmicks or like who knows though. Um, so Cash or Dax, excuse me, appeared to injure his knee. The trainer, Cash, and Hangman all go to the back with him, leaving uh, leaving Omega and the Bucks to fend for themselves against the entire Dark Order. Um, the commentary team really building up that Paige left his partners, and yes. So Cabana gets a big splash on Matt Jackson for near fall. A close near fall. Matt drops five with a cutter. Uno pulls Nick to the floor, delivers a belly to belly. Paige comes back, gets a hot tag. Uh, he lays waste to the entire Dark Order. Uh, but then Brody Lee hits him with a tope and knocks him on the floor. Colt tags in. He nearly gets a win on Paige, but Omega comes in and breaks it up. 450 cannonball combo by Grayson and Uno. The Bucks hit about 25 super kicks in a row, including one to Brody Lee. 30, I think. Right into a Snapdragon by Omega. Lee recovers, hits a discus clothesline, and gets the dub over Hangman. Interesting where they're going. I like the finish, but I'm sick of these 75 fucking man tag matches. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, nothing. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to change that. So, Best friends taking on Santana and Ortiz. Um, so, match starts... Uh, Trent gets a near fall after a bridging Northern Lights suplex. Um, they go to break. I love a good-looking Northern Lights suplex, and that looked great. Uh, during the break, the babyfaces take, uh, still have control, but then Santana gets Trent in a single-leg crab. Uh, we come back from break as Trent's trying to fight back, but Santana sends him into the guardrail. Trent gets the hot tag to Chuck Taylor. Taylor puts Trent on his shoulders, uh, and they did an electric chair superplex. Uh, Santana Ortiz went for the street sweeper, but Chuck Taylor um, hit Santana. Trent rolls up Ortiz, and the best friends get the win. Interesting, interesting finish here. Yeah, I don't um, know where I don't know what they're kind of continue, but Santana Ortiz really shouldn't be losing, in my opinion. Well, we'll we know where it's yeah. going now. Yeah, MJF in his headquarters. Um, MJF's just cutting a promo. Best problem in the business. They ask him how he'd feel if Darby won the title and he didn't get to face Moxley. He said, oh, man, I'd hate to fight a 150-pound emo kid for the AEW world title. Excellent Great shit. work, great work by MJF, as always. Um, up next, a segment with Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy cuts a promo calling out Guevara. Guevara comes out, they brawl. Um, Guevara hits a fucking crazy bump off the stage, putting Matt through uh, a table. But before that... Um, he fucking fired a chair at Matt's skull. Matt got busted open bad. Hard way. Yeah. And he bled he bled a gusher. 
Yeah. He bled a gusher. That was insane. It appears that's where they're at building four for all out. That that way, you know what? That's a good spot. It's a good program. Get Sammy a good, a good win. Get Sammy a good win, and who's and Matt Hardy? When he's Matt Hardy, is really good. Yeah. So that's fine by me. Up next, the AEW in ring debut of Matt Cardona. Uh, he teams with Cody to take on John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Lots of dark order on this program this evening. Yeah. Um, There's a fucking person named Five. I found it hysterical the amount of pyro Cardona got. Oh um, my god, dude! It was the Fourth of July. Yeah. He said some fucking people that PTSD spells because of that goddamn shit. Um, so Cardona and Cody have uh, the advantage early, but a miscalculation leads to Cody getting isolated from his partner. Reynolds and Silver work him over, cut the ring in half, and Cardona began get into this match for a long time. Eventually, Cardona finally got the hot tag, unloaded. He looked really good. He did. You know what? I'm happy to see him. Um, he downed Reynolds with a double underhook powerbomb. Um, and then he hit the radio silence, which is what he is now calling the Rough Rider. I think that's a clever name. It is. Because, you know, oh, radio, tell me everything you know. And yeah. that's fucking radio silent because he's not there anymore. Yeah, you can't use that gimmick. Um, so I, I like I like the match. I like the finish. Cardona looked great. I thought it was a, I thought it was great to see him. You know, it was solid. Yeah. Wasn't anything Nothing special. Cool. Yeah, it wasn't anything blow away. But I did really like the post match. Scorpio Sky came out and challenged uh, Cody for a TNT title match. I've been screaming for him to push Scorpio Sky as a single star since he had the match with Jericho last November. Um, I'm super excited for this match. All of Cody's open challenge matches have been a lot of fun. I think he beats him. I mean, one of these weeks he's got to lose, right? Yep. I think. Although I don't, I, think I don't think he's losing for a while. I think he's going to be like TNT champion for like a year and a half, two years. That's possible too. I think that's why he's doing like a lot of open challenges against unsigned guys who doesn't want to have opponents real yeah. quick. Um, we'll see. Up next, work longer programs later. Yeah. Up next, the bait with Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. Um. And surprised to no one, Eric Bischoff returned. Yeah, that that got leaked. I'm sure they were upset that that was leaked, but, you know, that's just the wrestling business. Shit gets leaked. Um, so the first question is, why do Jericho and Cassidy hate each other? Jericho criticized Cassidy's ring attire, um, and Cassidy responded by pulling a clip-on tie out of absolutely nowhere and pinning it to his shirt. I, I did laugh at that. I giggled. Comedy, yeah. you know. Uh, he called him a ginger jackass and blasted him for being a disrespectful joke of a wrestler. Orange Cassidy didn't say anything, and Chris Jericho told Bischoff, he's not going to say anything, he's an idiot. <laughs> the next question was, who's a better wrestler and who's a bigger star? Jericho ran down his accomplishments before he uh, took another shot at the way Orange Cassidy presents himself. Once again, Orange Cassidy stayed silent. Uh, question number three was, what was your thoughts on the global sea level rising? Jericho said this is a stupid question and refused to answer. But Orange Cassidy rolled out a informative and true statement on the issue. Uh, question ripping off old school. Question four was why is Orange Cassidy so popular? Jericho said he is a reflection of all the smart marks at home, and he says when he beats Orange Cassidy, he will have to give him seven thousand dollars for his orange juice stained uh, jacket. Orange Cassidy does not respond. Wasn't his other jacket that had one WWE also $7,000? $5,000. Was it? Oh, it's, it's getting paid more now, so Yeah, the WWE jacket can't be more expensive than the AEW jacket, yeah, Mike. because that's believable. Stop it. Um, then the final question is what this match mean to both of you. Jericho starts to answer. And then everybody's eyebrows collectively went up. But Orange Cassidy cuts him off. He tells him to shut up and tells him, you scheduled a bait against a guy who doesn't talk. 
You're trying to embarrass me. I'm not embarrassed. I don't care. What I do care about is next week. I care about the match next week. It's the biggest match of my career, but it's also the biggest of yours. What happens when Chris Jericho loses to the guy who puts his hands in his pockets? And then he took off his sunglasses and continued, I want you to look in the eyes of a man who will embarrass you. And then he said he will beat Jericho next week. Bischoff declared Orange Cassidy the winner of the debate. Uh, that pissed Jericho off. So he told Although he, he sicked Hager on, on Cassidy, which was... Bischoff a- made me laugh. He goes, that, 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 that global warming question really got me. He goes... <laughs> um, so... I loved Orange Cassidy's promo when he got yeah. serious. I don't know why we did this. Why was there a debate? Yeah, like I... But, like, and Jericho was just Jericho, but... I absolutely get what they were going for. Yeah. I just don't think we need a Bischoff and the podiums and all that to get here. But I get why they did it. It was, yeah. you know, big... A little, a, the thing. Yeah, you know. But when he cut that promo, it was good. Yeah, I, I liked it. Good shit. Up next, Big Swole versus Reba and or Rebel, depending on who you're talking to. As we talked about this earlier... Um, so Britt was teasing that she had a match uh, for Big Swole against an opponent of her choice. She chose Reba. Reba pretended that she never wrestled in her life. She missed a second rope moonsault. And uh, Big Swole hit Dirty Dancing and got the dub. I liked it. You know, it fits the Britt Baker character. Yeah. And now the main event, the AEW world titles on the line. John Moxley again, defending against Darby Allin. Um, so this match was very physical, um, a lot of slaps, a lot of punches early, not a whole, not a lot of whole, not a lot of wrestling early on. Um, Darby hit a arm drag off the top rope, a drop kick, but right before break, he took a fucking nasty bump right into the post. He takes stupid bumps. Um, during the break, Moxley wore Allen down, single leg crab, regal stretch. Uh, he feuded with regal in, in, uh, FCW, so that was probably a nice little nod. Um, Allen answered by flipping him off. And he's and uh, he caught him, speared him through the ropes, sliding Tope Suicida. Um, he worked over the right hand, trying to take away uh, Moxley's punching ability. A, another plancha off the top rope. He hit a code red for a near fall. Wardlow, a wild Wardlow, came out of nowhere, hopped on the apron, distracting the ref. MJF blasted Moxley with the AEW title. Allen hit a coffin drop, and Moxley kicked out at two point nine 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 seven. Um, the belt shot busted Mox open. Uh, Allen kept the attack on, went for another coffin drop. Mox caught him, tried choking him out. He, uh, Allen flipped Moxley off for a second time. Moxley delivered a gotch style pile driver, probably an ode to the Suzuki feud in New Japan earlier this year. Moxley reluctantly hit a paradigm shift and got the victory. I really liked this match. So did I. I thought this match ruled. I thought this, this was your best use of Darby Allen. Yeah, he doesn't need to be doing skateboards on shit. He doesn't. He could. He could do that shit. Take crazy bumps in one-on-one matches that mean something. And he, I think he's good. He's that weird, creepy charisma about yeah. him. Like I, I, I like him a lot. The storytelling in this match was next it, level. It was. It was outstanding. Kudos to both of them. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that a lot. Did you buy the false finish with the belt shot and the coffin drop? Yes, I did too. No, but yes. Yeah, I'm. I like. You know. I'm like, all right, if he's going to win, it'll be right here. Yep, it was, it was good. It was well done. Yeah, it was a great false finish. Yep. So now the black and yellow brand NXT, it kicks off with a number one contenders match for the Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley taking on Dakota Kai. Ripley throws, throws Kai across the ring early, um, but Dakota Kai uh, escaped and hit the Kaido kick. 
Um, Rhea Ripley fought out of the corner. The ref was distracted. A wild Mercedes Martinez showed up. Uh, Dakota Kai capitalized at the GTK off the top rope for the dub. And Martinez laid out Ripley. And it appears that Rhea Ripley is still feuding with this goddamn Robert Stone brand. You can't escape it. This match kicks some ass. Yeah, it's a good opener. Um, I like that they're giving Kai a shot. I think her and EO at TakeOver will be very entertaining. When is TakeOver? Uh, Next Saturday, um, right? Yeah. Two Saturdays. No. Well, yes. Yes, two Saturdays. Not this Saturday, Saturday after. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're supposed to be there, which is quite sad. Yeah. So, yeah, I enjoyed this match. It's a fun opener. Bronson Reed taking on Shane Thorne. Um, Shane Thorne got some offense in. but Kept this, the same song. But wrong guy. Yeah, I know. Um, but Bronson Reed, this is basically a match to put him over since he's in the ladder match for the North American title. And it did just that. He had a Death Jowler, Death, Death Valley driver and a tsunami for the W. I like Bronson Reed. Anyone that calls like... himself a thick boy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm... He has thick boy on his tights. He really wants to impress us. He does. Up next, North American Championship qualifier, Damian Priest, Oni Lorcan, and the debuting Ridge Holland, who is the man you are thinking of yes. that kept his music. Ridge Holland's music kicks so much ass. Um, I love this match. They made Riggs look like a million bucks. He was using his strength to throw on Damian Priest, who is not a small man. And he was tossing Oni Lorcan, who is a small man, but a very fiery small man. Oni Lorcan came out with chops a-blazing. Um, even though the bigger men were kind of no-selling him, he just kept chopping his ass off. Um, I, I don't know if you understand. I love... My favorite about Oni Lorcan is when he loses on the... He just he got loses, my ass kicked on NXT. Because I just got my ass kicked on NXT on Twitter. Yeah, every time. I love it. It's so funny. Um... So, Holland and uh, Priest were putting on a clinic in this match. Um, eventually, Priest hit the reckoning on Lurkin for the win. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Rich Holland debuts and he loses. But it makes sense because William Regal announced that Dexter Loomis cannot compete at TakeOver, which is a crying shame. Um, thus, there will be... He was winning there. Thus, there will be singles matches with the men who are not pinned to determine the final two spots. Um, so, I, I suspect Ridge gets back in this ladder match. He might win it, too. And maybe Gargano gets the other spot. Like, this ladder match has a glaring lack of star power thus far, but I like what they're trying to do, like trying to establish a mid-card in NXT. Yes, which is because good. Because there isn't really a mid-card in NXT. Like, think about all the North American champions. When Adam Cole, top Ricochet. guy in NXT, Ricochet, top guy in NXT, Gargano, top guy in NXT, Velveteen, top guy in NXT, Strong, Strong's probably the closest thing to a mid-card champ we had, Yeah, and then Keith Lee. Who was also the champ. Yeah. So, I like that they're trying to establish an actual mid-card in NXT, so I'm very interested to see who comes out of TakeOver with this belt. And then next week, it's Kushida versus Cameron Grimes versus a mystery opponent, which I'm very excited about. I hope Kushida finds his way in this ladder match, but I suspect usually mystery opponents tend to have a good winning percentage. Yes, so I don't know who it's going to be, but only time will tell. Uh, what did you think of the three-way, though? What did you think of Rich Holland? They've been pretty good. Uh, they've been pretty good, to be honest with you, all of them. Priest was getting the nod because Priest has been on a roll lately. He's great, I yeah. think. I think, I think Ridge, he has to be the favorite for this yeah. ladder match. I think Ridge does work his way back into this ladder match. He has to. Because they, they kept him strong in this yeah. match. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. But coming up to something I did not like. Uh, I didn't like this. And I love both guys. Keith, Keith Lee versus Cameron Grimes. Yep, it's Grimes time on the War Report. So uh, Cameron Grimes was his typical cocky self, walking around, talking shit, 
but that quickly changed when Keith Lee threw him around and then Grimes ran for his life. Um, Keith Lee, I mean, Cameron Grimes got the advantage for a small second, uh, but then he got into a chop war with Keith Lee, which is a big mistake. Um, Keith Lee hit a grizzly magnum and the spirit bomb for the win. Afterwards, the light went out, lights went out, Karrion Cross was on the Titantron. He cut a much more clear promo than the last time he spoke. I was actually able to comprehend what he said. And he told Lee he would do what needed to be done to get his title shot. And then we saw Oni Larkin dead in the background. R.I.P. And it was announced that next week, Karrion Cross will take on Oni Larkin's good buddy, Danny Birch. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's going to kill him. Yeah. Like, wait, doesn't Karrion Cross kind of look like a giant Danny Birch? <laughs> 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 when you come to think of it, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, they're both bald white guys. That's yeah, fun. Um... So what didn't you like about this? Yeah, it just went too long. Went really long for some for me for some uh, reason. I thought you said you didn't like them squashing Cameron Grimes because I agree, and that's true too. But you know what though, his character, the way he, his yeah, character he could, he set up, come back he, he, he could get squashed all nothing, the fucking time. Nothing phases no, nothing, Cameron Grimes. He's always going to the moon. I really like him, and I don't know why. Which, but I guess that's the best way to watch wrestling, right? I know why. He's fucking awesome. He's fantastic. He's, he's so over the top. It's awesome. Um, up next, they got to Le, uh, Legato del Fantasma. Well, actually, Breezango is walking to the building, and then Fantasma and crew ambushes him and kidnapped him into the van. So that means, does that mean Fandango is going to come back as a uh, henchman to Santos Escobar? It has to be. Because everyone it's like, got... like the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> no, we're not doing this again. It's like the Fast and Furious movies. We're when not doing this again. In, 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 in the Fast and Furious movies, the bad guy becomes the good guy. And this, in in, in Legado del Fantasma. <laughs> Say it with me. Legado. Legado del Fantasma. Del Fantasma. Legado del Fantasma. When you, when you get beat up, you become one of them. So Escobar warned Isaiah Swerve Scott that he would be next if he kept talking that shit. I love that group. Yeah, they're great. I fucking love that group. Up next, a wild Pat McAfee appears on commentary for Tegan Knox versus Indy Hartwell. Um... Pretty much just a showcase match for Tegan Knox. Got the win with the shiniest wizard, and that's it. Up next, main event time. Imperium defending the NXT Tag Here Team titles against the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish, and a returning Kyle O'Reilly. Um, did you hate Pat on commentary as much as I did? I thought it was too much. Yeah, he's got to work on it, but he, I, didn't, I didn't hate it's it. It's not even him. I thought he played the role great. Like, it was just too much. Yeah. Like, but I just, there's not many other ways to get there. But I just think I thought he was good. He was cracking me up though. Oh yeah, he's he was fucking. When he called Adam, he's an angry child's little body. Elf. He's an angry phenomenal. little elf, isn't he? So you want to run us through the finish here, because then I'm gonna fuck it up. All right. So well, might as well run through the whole match because I enjoy, yeah, I enjoyed right, this man. match. I mean, you get those two teams. So Fish and O'Reilly were uh, in control early, showing that great chemistry they have. Bartell got a hot tag. I guess they are working as the baby faces in this match, which is weird because. Imperium does not scream babyface. No. Um, although Undisputed Era seems to be turning babyface. This is a whole... This whole thing is just so weird. Um, so, uh, McAfee's talking shit on Cole the entire time. Cole's standing like 20 feet away. He could hear everything he says. My favorite part about this match was Beth Phoenix walking out of a room she wasn't in. Yes. She's like, I'm weird. leaving. I'm at it. She walked from her living room to her kitchen. She's working from home. And she they acted like she walked... Whatever. That was weird. It was very weird. And, like, why was she getting mad that he was shitting on a heel? Like, Adam Cole's been a dick to everybody. I mean, and I know, like, 
he's the baby face in this feud, but like Beth Phoenix is acting like Adam Cole is humanitarian of the year and Pat McAfee was shitting on him and I don't know. But eventually Cole loses his cool. He throws water on McAfee, who would go on to say he was assaulted with a water bottle. This distracted Kyle O'Reilly. He got hit into the hockey glass and Imperium hit Bobby Fish with the European bomb. And now the fun begins. So Imperium retains. Adam Cole looks at McAfee and says, this is your fault. Um, a million refs and a million agents, including Shawn Michaels and Triple H, come out to separate the two. It seems like everything's all cool, but Pat walks back. He says you will always be a tiny... Idiot. Little... Idiot. Bitch! And then... He uh, put some emphasis on that bitch, He too. did. He put some emphasis on that he's bitch. Wait, he's waiting to say it on TV for years. Yeah. He then punted Adam Cole's light. Adam Cole sold that punt like a billion dollars. It looked good. It makes sense. He's a punter. Yeah. Like, yeah, I saw a lot of people like, how's the outsider going to knock out... I guarantee you if any NFL punter fucking kicked you in the head, you'd probably... Yeah, if Johnny Hecker punted you, you'd be pissed off. Johnny Hecker punted me, my head would be you'd on... pissed off. My head would be on Jupiter right And if now. Donnie Bag of Bones Jones punted you, your head would be off. And I'll call him a Donnie Bones Jones for a reason. But, and then things went pretty well here, I think. Uh, Triple H really, really shoves Pat twice. Always got to be the center of attention. Hunter always got to I mean, get a shine in. I mean, it makes sense here. It does, but... But, you know what? I don't understand why this is getting so much hate. I don't. At all. I get it. I get it. I hate that they're wasting it on a TakeOver. I'd, I'd so much rather on, like, a, on NXT TV. Yeah. Because, like, TakeOver, they're known for their match qualities. And Pat's an athlete, former NFL punter. He owns a wrestling ring. He's trained with Rip Rogers. But I, like, you, this is probably going to be the worst match in TakeOver history by default. Yeah. I mean, Adam Cole's good. Maybe, maybe they... I'm not even saying it's going to be bad. I'm just saying, like, takeover matches are always so good. It's usually good. the match quality. Yes, like, takeovers are known for their match. And who knows? Maybe Pat gets someone to wrestle for him. We don't know yet. Well, this week. I I think I don't I don't think they're swerving us like that. Well, they might. I don't know. Hey, Dabatunde is going to come in. Dabakato. Dabakato. Get it right. All right, so MVP time. Who's your AEW MVP, NXT MVP, overall MVP, and pick a winner? AEW MVP is Cassidy. Cut a good promo for how stupid he is. Uh, oh, we should also mention the AEW report. Uh, Santana and Ortiz crashed the best friend's van. Well, her mom, Trent's mom's van. And Trent said that he's going to pay and he's going to apologize to his mom in person on speakerphone. Although, Chuck Taylor made me laugh. He goes, I... He goes, you're making me a liar. He goes, I personally promised Sue that, that we would be okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, so yeah, Orange Cassidy, Adam Cole, because he was fantastic and all of that. He was. Adam Cole, Adam Cole. How do you feel about them going with the small route? Because I don't know that that's the best way to go about presenting one of your top guys. Yeah, Because it's not like Pat saying stuff that isn't true. Like, Adam Cole is a tiny, tiny man. Yeah. Uh, but from the outside, it might look like that. I think that's the angle they're playing more than anything else. I just don't know if that's a great strategy. We'll see. But my NXT MVP is... Uh, you just said it's Adam Cole. Is Adam Cole. My overall MVP is Darby Allen. Thought he looked great, and I thought AEW had a better show. Uh, AEW MVP, I am going Matt Hardy for taking that fucking chair shot to the head. That Hell looks yeah, like it Jesus. Sucks. Brutal. Uh, NXT MVP, I am going with Rich Holland. Really impressed me in his debut. Overall MVP, I am 
also going with Darby Allen, and I also think AEW the better show this week. Yes. So coming up next, we will book our dream SummerSlam match card. I'll explain everything in a minute, so stay tuned. So we're going to do something a little different. Um, usually around the time of a, a big four show, we'll do like our top 10 favorite matches, which I think we did already last year for SummerSlam. So this year, I saw this idea on Reddit. It was make your dream card with matches from SummerSlam. So that's what we're doing today. But I thought that was a little too easy, so I decided to put my own spin on it. So the requirements are you need a WWE title match, a world or universal title match, U.S. title match, IC title match, women's title match, tag team title match, and three non-title matches. Nine matches in total. And you could also only use each person once. So you can only have one rock match, one stone cold match, one ray match, and that makes, that makes it even harder. So not only do you have to pick nine matches, you have to order your card from opener to main event and give rationale for your reason for why you picked the match, why it's taking that place on the card. Um, so I know this is kind of an oxymoron, but my SummerSlam dream card is like more of a realistic card. Like I didn't just pick like the nine best matches I could. I want everything to make sense from like a building block standpoint from the show. I want each match to build into the next. So, all right, you want me to go first in my opener or you want to start with your opener? Uh, you go first, it's your idea. All right, so my opener was an opener at SummerSlam. It's from SummerSlam 2002, Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle. It's just a perfect little sprint, a great match to whet the appetite, and the pacing of that match to kick off my show, can't beat it. One of of my favorite SummerSlam matches ever, at the greatest SummerSlam ever. SummerSlam 2002 is king, and that is my opener, Rey Mysterio, Kurt Angle. Amazingly, it is also my opener. It's the greatest opening. It's the greatest opening match in WWE pay per view history, and it's I believe the match is like eight minutes and yeah, forty it's, seconds. It's a fucking sprint, and it's it is sprint. eight minutes and forty seconds of fucking perfection. I'm it's, curious. I'm curious how much overlap we're gonna have. I guarantee we have two matches that are yeah. both the same. Yeah, and I, I saw this one and another one. Yeah. Uh, uh, they I, everything used it. It was a perfect opener. Two of the all time greats who were pretty much still young in their WWE career. Like, yeah. Angle, Angle wouldn't go on his tear for another year. You know what I'm saying? Like, is uh, Ray... We, Ray was literally a month in. Ray's a month in. This was his, not his first match, but his first, first pay-per-view, pay-per-view match. Yeah, first and, pay-per-view. Uh, this is the perfect opener. It just showed you how good both of these guys are. And you know my opinion on opening matches. I think they're extremely is more key than a main event. All right, so my second match. You might call me out for cheating on this one a little bit because it's not actually from SummerSlam. It's from the SummerSlam kickoff. But I love this for the match. For the match, it is that I, if it's a match, I think it's it gonna is. be. It's, I'll allow it. I was there in person. Usos versus the New Day from 2017 for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. That is my second match on the card. We go right from Ray and Angle into what I thought was just a tag team clinic. Obviously, Usos and New Day are they're probably the tag team rivalry in WWE within the past 15 years. Yeah, like and everything they did was great. Everything. I personally think this is their best match, and it's a shame it was on a kickoff show, but I was there in person. The building was electric, and this match, it still keeps up the pacing from Ray versus Angle, so my show's off to a nice sprint so far, two matches in, and my tag title match is checked off. I was thinking about TLC1, 
but I felt like that'd be too easy, and I had bigger plans for one of the participants. You, we're gonna have so much fucking overlap if it's what I think. I don't know if it's what you think. I I think of one or two matches in there, and I have both of them on my card. We'll just have to keep going. See. Okay, up next for me, we're getting the U.S. title out of the way. It's the least important title. Uh, I'm going with Shinsuke Nakamura and Jeff Hardy from 2018. You know, there has been some terrible matches for the U.S. title on... Yeah, there was. this one was the hardest one by yeah, far. And Not a lot of great options. There's one I wanted, but there's also another match I wanted from that person. I'm, I'm curious to see what you think of my U.S. title match. I can't, I can't wait. I but think- I think... You, go, you come from that sprint, and you, you slow things down. This match was like 14 minutes. You have two great two great wrestlers and Jeff Hardy, who has the star power to keep it going, and Shinsuke Nakamura. So I think this is a great time. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Before we go any further, what arena is your SummerSlam dream card taking place? I was going to ask you this. Oh, my God. Uh, Philadelphia. Staples Center in L.A. SummerSlam was there for like seven years in yeah. a row. L.A. in the summertime, it just feels right. Oh, finally. I'm going Philly for reasons. But... When's the last time SummerSlam was in Philly? Like 1990. I think it was like 1990. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It makes a return. Up, you're up now. All right. My third match is my Intercontinental Championship match. This is the toughest one. There are some great options. I know what you went. I'm not going to spoil what you went, but that's a good choice. Bulldog and Brett's a good choice. Um, there's just classic Intercontinental Championship match. Sean and Razor ladder match. There's been so many good ones. That, this, this, is the US title it's, it's this is the U.S. title. This is the U.S. title. Complete opposite. I ended up going with the Bret Hart match, him versus Mr. Perfect, 1991, Madison Square Garden. Bret Hart's, also a phenomenal match. Bret Hart's still a tag team guy at this point. This match is like when he broke out, became a single star. Um, perfect. Because Bret Hart's not the main event Bret Hart yet, so it makes sense. I got him in the third match on the show. He did properly go through the steps. Yeah. You know, everything. You yeah. Know? Him and Perfect put on a clinic. I love the finish, reversing the reversing into the sharpshooter. Perfect taps out immediately. Stu Hart is in L.A. crying. Brett Senior Continental yeah. Champion. That's my third favorite Bret Hart match. match. And you hate Bret Hart. So that's I, high praise. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, uh, I. That's my third favorite Bret Hart match. Just given the thing. Second heart Bret Hart match is him and Owen. I want also I, from SummerSlam. I, want, I couldn't. I couldn't work I know, it in. Though. I know, dude. It's, I couldn't work it in. It's tough. But I think. The greatest Bret Hart match of all time is him and Roddy Piper at WrestleMania. Yeah. WrestleMania 8. All right, what's your Stick third match? Uh, we're going to a championship match Ooh. for the debuting Universal title. Oh, I have Finn, on the card? Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. I mean, that belt's worthless, but it's that worthless? It's debuting. We, we, we went through the first thing. This is kicking off our it's next Raw's, act. It's Raw's world title. This it's is, the flagship show. Yeah, I know. This is, kick, this is kicking off. This is kicking off the second act of the show because shit's about to get great. Uh, so you hot shot at a lot of it. If, yeah. you're, if well, your universal title match is a third match on the show, there is some hot shot going okay. on. Okay. So the third match of the show, and Finn Balor Seth Rollins, I love the match. What could have been? We still don't know. We'll never know. Oh, we do know. He was going to lose to Brock. and uh, Yeah, he was going to lose to Brock. Fine by me, but I really, really enjoyed this. I watched this match the other yeah, day. It was a good match. Really, 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 really good, good match. Okay, up to you. Number three for you. Number four for me. I went first. Number four for you, three, yeah. is, three is Bret and Perfect. So women's title was also kind of tough because there was a lot of good matches, but there wasn't, like, one great women's title match that sticks out for me. So on the fourth match in the show, I went Alunder Blaze versus Bull Nakano from 1994. We got to stop doing things together, man. You have this? That's, that is my women's title match. It comes, really? late, it comes later on the show, but that's my women's title really? match. Because at, at the time, I wanted to, I wanted to work in Stratus and Flair. Well, but, that's, well, that's a non-title match. You yeah, could have. But I, I, had, I ended up cutting it. So I almost went Sasha and Charlotte from 2016, 
But I just thought, like, these two are pioneers in, like, the what might be the golden age of women's wrestling, the early 90s, especially overseas. And Alondra Blaze and Bulnacano were a big part of that. And 94 WWF had some great women in there. Just they had, they had, Yeah, there was, they had incredible women. Yeah. They had Thief through Leilani Kai. Uh, fucking Moolah was still around. But, uh, you know, I, as what you're saying. But, yeah, so that's that's a good pick. Yeah, so I have it at the four slot. It's about eight minutes long. Um, Watch it. It's really good if you we, haven't seen it. We just had Usos versus New Day, Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect. So we need something that's hard-hitting but at a slower pace. So that's my four slot. Yeah, that's... We'll get there later for me. Okay. My four slot, we get the tag team titles out of the way. Oh, as you go here. You should go Demolition and Heart Foundation. I went Demolition and Heart Foundation. I know. You love that match. Because that match is so goddamn good. If you haven't watched it, if you want to see a big guy working fast before big guys worked fast, Anvil was a fucking maniac in this match. Damn, neither of us went TLC one. No. Anvil, Anvil was a fucking maniac in this match. Please watch this. The finish is great. How they finish it is great. Uh, this match is just perfection. Demolition, very they're they're as highly toted as they are, and they're still underrated to me. The they they are really really good. This match, I can't say enough about it. Bret Hart's technical prowess. Man, uh, Anvil was running nuts. They pulled the they pulled the little twin magic on 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 everybody. It was good shit. Watch it if you haven't seen it. It's it's a shame that Demolition doesn't have a good relationship with the company with the lawsuit and whatnot because. Yeah. You're right. They really don't get talked about at all because they're at odds with WWE. Um, but yeah, Demolition was great. And they get to deserve talked about as much as the World Warriors. That's I, my opinion. I love that match, and I really thought about doing it. But one, I knew you were going to do it. And two, Bret and Perfect. I, that's one of my favorite matches. I needed that for my Intercontinental title match. So that's, match. that's where I used Bret Hart. No, that's fine. That, that, was, that was the fun part of doing this. Number five is one I guarantee, at least number five on my card, is one that I guarantee we both have. And this was tough because, like, slotting this was tough. I didn't know where to put this match. If it's the same match I'm thinking of, it, it was a very hard spot to slot. But I'm putting it at five because it's, like, right the start of my main event part of the show. So that is why I'm putting it at five. It is AJ Styles versus John Cena from 2016. Arguably the greatest SummerSlam match of all time. It's definitely in the conversation. It's, um, a, it's tell you what, it's as good as Brett Perfect or Brett and, uh, Brett and Davey. So, so AJ had already been in the company for like seven months at this point, but you could say the Roman match might have been when he arrived. The two matches he had with Roman at Payback and Extreme Rules. He had a great match with Roman Reigns. They were, they were both very good, but I think this match with John Cena is like is when people said, "Okay, this guy's gonna make it in WWE." Because yeah. everybody was still worried at the time. Yeah, and we a, knew what he could do. And a month later, he'd be champion. Yeah. So this match is incredible. If you haven't watched it in like a couple months, go back and watch it. Really good match. This might be the best SummerSlam match of all time, but this is not their best match. Oh, Locked yeah, Rumble. Rumble. Yeah, because they don't leave the ring. And fucking Meltzer gave it four and a quarter. Yeah, what are you going to do? Go fuck yourself. But, yeah, this is a hard one to slot. I didn't want to put it too early in the card, but I also, like, I'm like, what the fuck's going to follow that? So, like, it's... So, I think the five spot was a nice happy medium. So, at my five spot, I have AJ and Cena from SummerSlam 2016. What's your five slot? My five slot is... Arguably the single greatest one-on-one ladder match of all time. Uh, I it's as good as Sean and Razor for me. Okay. I adore this match. It's The Rock and Triple H. You do love this match. I know you. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure if he was The Rock yet. He was The Rock. He was The Rock. From 1998. Highway to Hell. Ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Please, please. Triple H wasn't Triple H yet. That was the thing. Triple H was still Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Well. 
uh, and but yeah. iffy. But please, please watch this match. If you want to see what ladder matches could be with psychology, watch this match. This is this is fucking phenomenal. And this these guys and just knowing what these guys would do in the next seven years, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what Triple H is doing to this day. It's just this this would this was really, I'm assuming, the, the the launching point for both of them. And it's just, it, you can't miss it. I'm going to watch it tomorrow now. Uh, this is outstanding. All right, so that's your five slot. Mm-hmm. So, okay, this is where me being realistic is going to start to come into play for the first time. So I knew what my two main events were going to be, and I wanted a bumper match at number eight just to kind of like, you know. I did the same thing. So I needed a WWE title match that was a good match. But I couldn't put, like, an all-time classic match at the sixth spot in the card. So I need to find a WWE title match that was good, but it wasn't too good, if that makes sense. Yep, I understand. So I ended up going with Mankind versus Triple H versus Stone Cold Steve Austin Triple Threat from SummerSlam 1999. I really like that match. Jesse the Body Ventura, special guest referee. It's a decent match, but I don't think it's a top five for six WWE title match in SummerSlam history. No. But I think for my card, it fits in nicely. Name value. Um, it's You'll get a great happy moment in Mankind winning the title for a third time, even though it'll drop it to 100 the next night. Um, but, yeah, I just thought this was a nice happy medium because I didn't want to put, like, a fantastic WWE title match at the sixth six slot. I was trying to end, like, my main event was locked down and my seven spot was locked down and I have a buffer match at eight. So... I kinda, I'm really hoping our main event is the same thing. I kind of, I kind of needed to have that that little. Oh, WWE, I know what your main event is. That WWE title that was that was good, but not too good. Yeah, because you're looking at my phone. No, I didn't know that until I looked. But we'll talk about that in a minute. So what's at your sixth slot? My sixth slot is John Cena and AJ Styles. Okay, that's, coming coming I put down him at five. You put them at six. Coming okay. coming down after ladder match, which was very good. You needed a uh, wrestling match. But that match. ladder match is tough to follow. It I is. mean, this, this would definitely get the job done. This, would get, this, 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 this match is good enough well, to get the job done. But it was like 17 minutes. I don't know what your number seven's going to be, but your crowd's going to be dead for that. that. Your seven match is a death well, spot. The, the crowd was dead for the actual match that happened, too. So, uh, 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 But I, I wanted to get like three in a row here. Styles, hopefully Styles and Cena can bring them back up. I can watch those two alternate, alternate uh, submissions for a very long time. Uh, just this match is outstanding. All of us here have seen it, but you need to. All right, so that's your sixth slot. Yeah. My seventh slot is my other world title match. I have the world titles at the sixth slot, and the seventh slot is the universal title, Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman versus Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns. Uh, 2017, I was there in person. I remember not being excited for this match at all, and, and then, then the, the match, match happened. happened. Yeah, it yes. was fucking outstanding. It was incredible. It's fucking outstanding. Braun was fucking white hot at this point. People would argue they should have put the strap on him then. I, I will argue they put the strap on him um, Braun destroying Brock Lesnar through multiple announce tables. Lesnar getting stretched out. Who did, who, Brock speared somebody through... No, no. Lesnar Bro- got speared by Roman. Yes, because Joe was choking him out, yeah. and then Joe let him go, and then Roman fucking crushed him through the barricade. Yeah, match was awesome. Brock gets stretched out. Brock comes back in the middle of the match like a conqueror, wins. Awesome showing, and this was tough because I wanted, I really wanted Beast versus the Best, but that second world title match, I was thinking about Finn and Seth. I was thinking about Elimination Chamber from 03, but the finish of that match really fucking sucks. Um. So I ended up going with this for my other world title match. I think this is a great match, and I know kind of falling a triple threat with a fatal four-way is kind of like lame, but I think 
I think people will will enjoy this. Will enjoy those two world title matches back to back. So what's your seventh like slot? It. My seventh slot is Christian and Randy Orton. Ooh, that's a from two thousand eleven. Oh, that's, that's a good one. From th- I really like this match. That's a good one. I thought Christian, like we've talked about multiple times, we think Christian's incredibly underrated. Oh, man, uh, that's a good and one. And Randy was just Fuck. at the top of his game right at this moment. Christian got the win, I believe. No. No, this is when Randy beat him. Yes. This match. When Randy beat him, he beat him every time they yeah. fucking wrestled. This match was really, really good. And it was nothing special, but I really, really enjoyed it. And that's my second world title match. Damn, I didn't even. That's a good one. Oh, that was I, the minute you told me, I was, that's what I was doing. I that's like that match one. a lot. All right, my number eight slot is a bumper match, if, if you've ever heard of one. And I only have one title left, so you could do the math and figure out what title hasn't been defended yet. My U.S. title match, I have Chris Benoit versus Orlando Jordan. I almost did it, too. SummerSlam 2005. I almost did it, It's too. a quick 22-second match, but the crowd is up after two world title matches. Just a quick downer right before the main event. They see a title change. Chris Benoit wasn't a murderer yet, so everyone still fucking loves him. And we have a new U.S. champion in the uh, bumper match at the eight slot. My bumper match for the women's title. Oh, the disrespect. Alundra Braves versus Bull Nakano. It's I nice, understand it, A though. nice little eight minute before the main event. I understand it, though. Which you want to talk about together, because I, I think you have it as well. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm actually surprised you have it. I'm surprised you have it. I'm surprised you have it. But uh, Alundra Broly, just like, like everything we said earlier, go watch this match. These two, uh, Paul Lucano is a very successful professional golfer right now. Yeah, which is bizarre. Which is amazing. But she was something when she was a wrestler. She was just big and fucking just really good. And Alundra Braze was 15 fucking years ahead of her time. Yeah. So good for her. Uh, good for them. And the main event. Main event time. We both have it. Edge versus Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. SummerSlam 2008. I love this match for just how innovative they had to get. They just went PG a month before. This is the first Hell in a Cell in the PG era, and they weren't able to rely on blood. And every Hell in a Cell match before this, at least one person has bled. But you couldn't bank on two other guys doing it better. Yeah. And you weren't allowed to bleed in this match. So they basically turned into a TLC match inside of a Hell in a Cell. Um, Edge speared him through the cell. A lot of creative stuff in this match. I still think the post-match stuff is a little too hokey with him getting choke slammed and then burning in hell. I don't know about all that. But I love this match. I love the creativity the two guys had to be able to get around the PG restriction. Now it seems like in Hell in a Cell matches, it's just a match of the fucking cell around. Yeah. They don't even really try anymore. Yep. Um, but this, this match was, is great. It's fantastic. Perfect way to close out my SummerSlam dream card. It was a great feud. Oh, the whole feud was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and But like I said, look who the two people were dealing with. Uh, Edge is, like I said, I said last week on this podcast, this is probably the best storyline guy in the history of WWE. And you couldn't put this match anywhere but the no, main event. No, it's the main event. It had to be the main event. the main event. event. I had to change the matches I was taking because I knew this was my main it, event. It was the main event in real life, and it was the main event yep. in both of our SummerSlam dream cards. We, you know what? I'm not sure if I'm mad that we have similar ones or I'm happy about it. Yeah, I mean, it shows we have similar tastes. Yeah, so... Hey, I, I'm shocked you had the Alundra Blaze and Bull Nakano match. Yeah. I, thought, I thought I was going to pull one over with that. I, I thought I was going to pull one over on you. <laughs> and That's funny. But Edge and, Edge and Orton, or Edge and, Edge and Taker, they're just, just so fucking good. Yeah. It's, 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 it was great. It was a culmination of a, I believe, six-month-long feud. Yeah. If not longer. And yeah, going all, they went basically Mania to SummerSlam. This is when Taker was in his fucking prime. Arguably. You know, this was... This was 
I believe, it, or just starting his 2008. Two, I mean, as a... Mm, as a worker. I guess, yeah. He, no. was, he wasn't really putting on a ton of good matches before this. No. Um, but yeah, this match ruled. Um, so, oh, what do you think of my card? I enjoy your card. What do you think of mine? I thought it was good. I, I think I think slotting AJ, Cena, the ladder match next to each other... That's tough. It was hard. That was the hard part about this was slotting. Picking them was not hard. I almost made AJ and Cena the opener, but I'm like, Ray and Angle yeah. wouldn't fit. Well, if we went, if we went ten matches, I would have, I would have had the Stratus and and Charlotte, Charlotte bumper. I I almost had that, but I knew I, I really like that match. I knew I had to have the Hell in a Cell. I knew I had to have Styles and Cena, and I knew I had a Ray. I knew I had to have a Ray and Angle. So I just I ran out of spots. You want to know the amazing thing about it? What? It's the exact way how I booked my card. Yeah. I knew I wanted those three I matches. I knew I needed those three yeah. matches. And I knew that I want the Fatal 4-Way, too. Yeah, I wanted to put it there, but I was going to do Brock versus Rock. I was going to do... Yeah, did you... Who, you didn't use Roman at all. You could have used that match. What yeah. Brock match did you use? I didn't. You, you could have fucking used that match. I could have. But uh, no, I oh. couldn't have. I, I wanted that icy title match. I couldn't use Brock versus Rock. No, you could... I could have used the Fatal 4-Way. Yeah, you could have used the 4-Way. But I'm glad, I'm, use... I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't, too, because we had more overlap than I thought we were going yeah. to. Yeah. 4 Four out of our nine matches are the same. You literally told me about this last night, and we did it both, I'm assuming, today. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. I, that was really fun. I, I would like to do that for every pay-per-view now. I mean, it's going to be hard to have a fucking no, payback every, dream every card. big four. Yeah. Every big four. And WrestleMania will set some boundaries. Not It's not going to be 17 fucking hours long. <laughs> but uh, 45 matches. I had fun doing that. Let us know who you think of the better card. Yeah, and please. Me. I mean, on paper, yeah, it's a great card, but your crowd's going to be fucking dead. I got some. I feel like I got enough. We're in Philly. They're all drunk. We're in LA. I get all the celebrities that don't give a fuck either way. Yeah, that's true. That's why I went there, baby. They're happy no matter what. That's true. I just got Fred Durst flipping off the camera. And then he got. Then he had a family emergency. Yeah, he had to leave. Yeah, you, you hate to see it. Yeah. WWE's We're... favorite band, Limp Bizkit. <laughs> I love that. Tony Chimmel, WrestleMania 19. Please welcome the WWE's favorite band, Limp. Biscuit, and they proceed to sing a song called Crackhead. <laughs> Phenomenal. What a weird industry but the wrestling world is. Upcoming, we'll get you out of here. I'll tell you who you need to follow on Twitter. Yep, next week we have a TakeOver and SummerSlam preview because that time we are here. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned next week, and then Mike will give plugs in a minute. Thank you once again for listening to the Champions Advantage podcast. Follow us at Champions Pod on Twitter. We're back on Tuesdays for now. We don't know that can change in the future. Uh, make sure you follow at Cuda underscore Junior. That's our buddy Gil. He does the Top of the Rope Wrestling Radio Show, CBS Baltimore. And his podcast available later in the week. Uh, Chris Panero, at Bearded Chris P on Twitter. This is the rootinest, tootinest impact man in the West. His show comes out on Wednesdays. And make sure you follow at Ron underscore Musto underscore Junior and at Lynn's Be Honest X. And we follow the entire network at at tt underscore for you that's at tt underscore the number four the letter u and we will see you next week